Hello and welcome to FPL Context Podcast with me, Steve. And me, Greg. And we've moved to Monday, guys. So this is our Monday Madness, our FPL reactions to the game week. So next Monday is going to be a mental one because obviously there's two game weeks coming in the next week. Um, But yeah, thanks for everyone joining us on a Monday. Um, And what we're going to do uh, throughout now is really have our emotional reactions to what we've seen, where our teams are at, and then some little plans moving forward for the rest of the week. So... Uh, we're excited for you guys to join us and uh, let's see what Mondays bring from now on. But first of all, guys, I've had an absolute capitulation in the last two weeks. Like, I feel like Steven Gerrard getting everyone in a huddle and saying, guys, <laughs> and I'm literally on my ass looking up. Demba Bar's just fucking nutmeg my goalkeeper. So <laughs> I'm literally struggling big time. I was 300k two weeks ago. Now I'm currently 1.1 million. So I've had a big drop there. So, um, yeah, it's not been pleasant at all. And uh, obviously, Greg's won the last two game weeks, Greg. So go on then, let me have it. Well, mate, I think it's just one of those classic examples where form is temporary, but class is permanent. (laughs) And I think uh, it's finally coming into fruition a little bit. Last two weeks, I've had two real good game weeks, I'm not going to lie. And I think... I think if I'm more serious, I think you've been quite unlucky with the last two game weeks. I think Mane's done you dirty a little bit. And um, I think Salah, captain, got quite lucky this game week. But I guess we'll get on to that. Um, but yeah. Well, you, to be fair, you've had two really good game weeks. Um, my captaincy choices have hurt me big time. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those. And also, guys, I've got obviously I've had Greg dealing with his brag and beating me the last two game weeks. Now... Currently, who sits top of our FPL context league, mini league, is actually my girlfriend, who is currently 12,000 overall in the world. So not only have I got my brother beating me on the podcast, <laughs> I've also got my missus every single day just looking at her thing. Bloody hell, I'm in the top 20k. Oh, I'm top 12k. Um, there's me. And I'm like, yeah, if you add another... One million in front of that, and then another hundred thousand. I'm there. So, <laughs> it's been pretty tough. The household's hurting me. My other household, mum and dad, where Greg lives, that's hurting me. So uh, it's been pretty brutal. But this is going to be the week. Turn it round. Six six now. Hopefully, I can end the end the rut. Um, I don't feel like I'm Mikel Arteta. I'm playing an aggressive game. I'm taking hits galore, but uh, it's just not working. But should we quickly let's quickly talk about our team? So, like Greg alluded to, what's really hurt me in the last two weeks is Mane. Now, I don't know who this geezer is who's playing this year because it ain't Sadio Mane. And I feel like I'm watching Balassi or someone like that. I don't know who this guy is because it's literally I'm not seeing anything for him. Salah's getting the jammiest penalties you've ever seen in your life. Not penalties at all. Mane, he's not even having shots. So I wasn't even watching the game. I was tracking it on my phone and I tracked by sometimes like um, the betting. I was watching it on Sky Bet. You see like the amount of shots the players had. I looked at 85 minutes and Sadio Mane had had one shot. And it wasn't on target. It was off target. And I just thought, bloody hell, I'm paying 12 million for this. Like, what is it? Like, what's going on? And he was my captain, so it really hurt me. And then you've got Sushek, who's on my bench. He's got nine points and he's laughing. <laughs> like, I was flying the flag for Sushek all early season. I was like, Sushek's going to do the business. Sushek's going to do the business. Every, everyone was messaging me on Twitter saying, 
He's not doing anything, mate. He's not doing anything. I fucking benched him the last two weeks and he scored both weeks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, literally, I reckon he'll score a goal on Wednesday or wherever they play and he'll lift his shirt and he'll say, fuck you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, fuck you. Because that's literally what he's been doing to me. So, um, yeah, it's been really difficult. Um I don't really know how to go from there. The only highlight for me was Vardy. Vardy got me 13 points, guys, so I was really happy with that, especially after last week where it felt like let me down a little bit. Um, Bamford ticking over with the five points. I saw some people going on about Bamford saying, oh, I thought, I thought I was going to get more. Guys, you've got to remember you're paying like six mil for this guy, so he ain't going to get he ain't going to score every game, but still to get those ticking over. He looks dangerous still, lots of shots. Um, and then I also had Son who's ticking over and obviously got the assist. Very lucky. And then my main player was Martinez in goal. So he had a great game, 11 points, lots of saves in there. So really happy with him. So I ended the game week with 53 points. What about you, Greg? Where did you end up? Yes, yeah, so I um, ended the game week with 71 points. I'm definitely very happy with that for this game week. Um, same so as you. smug. Yeah. <laughs> so same as you I have Martinez in goal and he got the 11 point I'm very happy and very deserved he was unbelievable in that game um very very strong performance and yeah very happy with that um so interestingly I have Charlie Taylor the Burnley defender I chose to start him over Kufau against Leeds because I was like Burnley are playing Arsenal they're gonna keep a clean sheet and (laughs) who knows what happens they keep a clean sheet so I'm happy with that decision in the end, it didn't actually matter because Lamptey didn't play, so Kufal came on for me. But um, yeah, but still, like to to make that decision, like obviously there was it shows that you can like um, you really thought that through, and obviously most people would have probably not played him against Arsenal, but you've kind of like, kept an eye on the way Arteta lines them up and the way they've actually been playing. So it was a really good call, to be fair. So you deserved that clean sheet for making that call. Yeah, I just thought um, Arsenal haven't scored. In like I think it's 70 days they haven't scored from open play now, which is absolutely mental. Um, yeah. But on top of that, they have scored a couple from set pieces, but I thought against Burnley, Burnley are generally got quite a tall team. They're quite solid from set pieces. I wasn't expecting that to be many goals being shipped through from that. So when you when you said the seventy days thing, I was thinking of like you know how like you go to those drug clinics and they're just like, oh, hi, I'm Jeff and I've. I haven't drunk for 50 days. So, uh, oh, hi, I'm Jill, and I haven't had sex in 50 days. <laughs> Imagine a Bamiyan going there, hi, I'm a Bamiyan, and I haven't scored a goal in 90 days. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's quite a um, tricky situation for Arsenal fans right now. I feel like um, it's clearly not going well for Arteta, but I think it's even deeper than that. I just think the team aren't any good. I don't think they want to play. I think... Uh, but the all... problem is they're, losing, they're not losing to good teams. No, nah, they... They just can't score. That really is their biggest problem right now. They just can't score. Um, mm. And the thing is, you just can't see where the next win's going to come from. They're going to have a great Southampton side at the moment next week. And I don't know, it just seems like tricky fixtures coming up. Where is the win going to come from? I just can't see it. So um, it's an interesting one. But anyway, back on to my team. Got a Salah with my captain. And I'm not that was so lucky, you know, like Fulham. They, they did, that was not... For me, it weren't a pen. And also, like, it's just... I thought Fulham outplayed Liverpool, to be honest. And I had Klopp banging on and banging on about VAR constantly before 
the game and like throughout the week, obviously, and they got that there, and then obviously goes quiet again. So it's um, I think Salarone has got very lucky with that. I'm not bitter because I've got Mane. Well, I am a bit bitter, yeah. but still, it just feels like Liverpool aren't really clicking up front at the moment. No, they're not. But I think um, I I do agree that it was lucky. But I think you might be seeing here the reason why Salah's probably a better option than Mane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because this, these sorts of things will happen with him on penalties. Uh, he can bail you out with this sort of thing. Um, but I do agree. I thought Fulham were so good. Uh, they played so well, especially in the first half. Um, they really, really took the game to Liverpool, which I rate. Um, and, I mean, the penalty itself wasn't the best. It just smashed it right at the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper just went, went to save it with his hands and just couldn't get to it. But, um, anyway, uh, it was a decent haul, uh, 8.0. And then... Uh, not much of note elsewhere. Had Son, Mares, Fernandez. Um, Son got the assist, but except for that, nothing else. Uh, Manchester, the Manchester derby was clearly quite a bit of a ball. But um, outside of that, the Calvert Lewin assist, Bamford assist, and Vardy with a nice haul for me, thirteen points. Very nice, very nice. So yeah, like I said, you. Um, I think you got seventy-one points, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just quickly shouting out my girlfriend Molly, who's so she also got 71 points. She's top of the league at the moment, guys, and uh, she's just broken the 800 point mark. So she's on 800 points now, and uh, yeah, like I said, top 12. She's so she's 13k overall, which is absolutely ridiculous. So, um, unbelievable. And what it's really showed to me is, um, she doesn't really pay much attention to it, and then when it comes to the game weeks. She just makes a decision on who's like who's in the dream team, who's not in the dream team, and uh, I just usually the transfer. I've been taking hits, trying to be creative with different players and stuff like that, and it's just not really worked. And um, this like strategy of kind of like not overthinking the game and just making the decision on numbers and what you see from the statistics, not knowing anything about the players, takes the emotion away from the game. And obviously, it's worked for her. So um, crazy, unbelievable. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's so impressive. Top 12K is incredible. And I think uh, clearly she's got a FPL lockdown. She knows the tactic. Yeah, well, if it comes to game week 37, she's still around that mark. I might change her, so I might change the name to Steve Everett. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so let, anyway, guys, let's move on to these reactions. So first of all, we obviously had the Friday game. Leeds-West Ham. Um, Leeds started well, and then... They look very susceptible to the quick counter-attack, um, the likes of Ben Rama, uh, the likes of Bowen. And if we're being honest, West Ham were pretty unlucky not to score four or five. Haller could have easily had that trick. The guy's useless, if we're being honest. But um, obviously Bamford, he got uh, he got his assist. Um, pretty lucky with the retake penalty. But um, yeah, it's quite a funny one because I'm an R between... I've got Aylin in defence and I'm an R... I see a lot of people question whether Leeds defence is is good to own moving forward. Whereas I watched that game and against a strong, fast counter-attack, Leeds are very susceptible and I can't really see many clean sheets coming, especially if Ailing's going to play centre-back more and that attack and threat's gone. Not really fancying that. And Leeds have got... Um, so they've got Newcastle this week, so I think they'll be okay. But then they've got Man United. And I feel Man United with the likes of Rashford, Greenwood, Martial. I think that's just a that's a game where you definitely want to be captain in Bruno because I just think against a quick counter attack, Leeds are very susceptible. Like I don't know if you think the same, Greg, watching the game. 
Yeah, I think um, I do agree. I think also West Ham's strong point, a very, very big strong point at West Ham is their set-piece ability. They've got mm. so many um, players able to head at balls. I think that played a big role in their win against Leeds, but I think they thoroughly deserved it. And I think counter-attack's another big thing. I think Leeds definitely have um, a few areas where they are susceptible to conceding goals. And I think countering is one of them. And I think set-pieces was one of them in that game specifically as well. Yeah, well, to be fair, but like you said, both goals. Fair play to the Sushek owners who um, who didn't bench and we played him. Fair play, he deserved those points there. Um, kept patience with him. I think that's three goals for him this season now. So he's starting to top them up. Uh, obviously, a bundle of the other one. And then Creswell continuing showing his, his ability from a set-piece delivery. So, um, yeah, Creswell's a great option. Sushek, cheap option, but he's keep ticking over. So he's doing his job. Um, not really I thought Ben Rama played really well but still a little bit more time to watch him um, but and then from the lead side I think the only one really stuck out for me was obviously Bamford just ticks over again um, so there's not really too much to say from that I think if you're a Creswell owner you're happy if you're a Sujek owner you're happy and then the Ben Ramas the Bowens keep having a look at them and Bamford's ticking over so there's not too much you can say about that one yeah, I think um, it was quite lucky with the Bamford assist in a way because the first penalty was awful, but they obviously got retaken um, for click. Uh, one yeah. thing I one thing I quickly want to mention, I find it quite funny how goalkeepers always seem to complain to the ref when they have to retake it because they're off their line. I feel like kind of just saying that is the rule. Like, there's no point complaining. You were off your line sort of thing. Yeah, yeah no, I, I know what you're saying. It was very minimal, but he was off the line. So, yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right. Well, like I said, Bamford owners, Bamford owners Creswell owners, and um, Sushak owners, I think you're fairly happy at the moment. Uh, but keep an eye on the likes of Bowen, likes of Ben Rama. It might come in later on. But I think that's really it at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and then keep an eye out on Leeds' defence, because I'm not sure... Not sure how long they're going to be able to contain, keep going at that that kind of pace of pressing, and whether they become more open and more open, and then those leads defenders just don't really offer the value. I know they're cheap, but still. Okay, so then the Saturday game. So Greg, you watched this game uh, the whole way through Wolves against Villa. Um, I'll talk about my thing because I actually didn't see the game, so I'll let you go into more detail about it. But the one thing I'm going to pick up is why the fuck is Jack Grealish not taking penalties? No, Ollie Watkins, obviously, he skied the last one. Why is El Ghazi taking penalties over the captain? Like, surely Grealish has got to be taking those. And, like, um, when I saw the pen, I thought, oh, Grealish would definitely take it. Didn't take it. I see El Ghazi's got it. So, I just didn't get that. And um, I don't really know why he's not on them. Um, yeah. But, obviously, that would be a lovely string to our bows guy, but we haven't got it. We haven't got it. And then, obviously, one more thing for me is Martinez makes seven saves. He's really showing. He's a really top-class goalie. He was brilliant for Arsenal at the end of the season. And um, I was, he's one of the players that I'm really happy with that I own. Um, so, yeah, I'm really happy with that. But, obviously, Greg, you watched the game. There's two red cards in there. What did you see from Wolves? And, like, obviously, people have got some Villa assets. I'm not sure many, not sure many people are on Wolves' assets at the moment. But what did you see? Yeah, so firstly, I'll make a quick note about the penalty. I completely agree. I find it quite 
crazy that Grealish isn't on pens. Maybe a bit of hope for Grealish owners, though, is I'm pretty sure it came out afterwards that El Ghazi is on penalties if he's on the pitch. But I don't think El Ghazi is going to be on the pitch a lot of the time. So uh, if it's not El Ghazi, it should be Grealish. So hopefully... At this rate, where where my team's going, I'll, I won't be surprised if bloody Martinez steps up and takes it before him. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain. Remember, I'll take Martinez. Eleven point <laughs> shoots and then a penalty. Yeah. But um, except for that, I think it was definitely a smash and grab to an extent from Aston Villa. I mean, late goal. They were down to ten men at the time, uh, and Martinez with seven saves to Patricio's one. Um, I thought Podence was quite lively. Didn't get the goal. I think that's quite a common theme with Podence is he looks quite lively but never really gets the returns but um, I think Wolves probably a little bit unlucky to not get anything out of the game but a solid Aston Villa clean sheet and win Did uh, do Wolves look like they're not going to score many goals with Jimenez gone? Yeah I'd say so I, 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 I do say that but I think they could have definitely scored a couple if it wasn't for Martinez and I think uh, Podence looked like he was most likely to get a goal in my opinion um, but I don't think they're going to be a free score inside. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then obviously we've got Newcastle West Brom now. Let's be honest. All right, this is like this game is the equivalent of like watching Heartbeat or something, something really shit on Channel Five. No one cares about. So, um, what do we say about this? All right, well, Callum Wilson didn't score, so that's yeah. one thing. Um, so I, I'd feel a bit unlucky as a as a Wilson owner. Did you, Greg? Did you watch this game? No. Okay. Well, no one's no one no one on this stream is going to have a go at you for not watching that game because let's be honest, it's it's awful. But we got um, so we got a goal for Dwight Gales. Furlong's got a goal. He's he's actually Furlong from the West Brom side. He seems to be the guy who seems to be offering a little bit at right back. So fair play. And Almer on himself, obviously, he's got a goal there. But I think the big question everyone's thinking is obviously West Brom are playing Man City uh, tomorrow. Um, a lot of people are thinking about either captain and KDB. For me, it's between KDB and Bruno. Um, so Bruno, West Sheffield United will go on to them, but obviously they had a bad result. But if you're thinking if West Brom are letting two in against Newcastle away, it's hard not to really captain a City asset. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, West Brom don't look too convincing. Um, and I think... Well, just Sorry, Greg, just to go on that. Well, they let five in against Palace last week. Um, and they beat... Yeah, so... I don't know, United only beat them 1-0, but... I, I don't know. know. I don't know if United have much to go off of. I think uh, City have proven that they're usually um, quite efficient against the smaller teams at home, especially... Uh, with the good results against Burnley and Fulham. Um, so I think KDB is definitely a very solid option here. I can't see West Brom conceding less than three, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I get that moves us into Man United City. So obviously that game, nil-nil, both sides basically didn't want to lose. Um, there's really not a lot to pick out of that game, unfortunately. Both sides set up to not lose, more risk-averse than... Um, and it's hard to really pinpoint any players. Bruno was quite quiet. KDB was quiet. Um, it was a day where they both basically, um, it was a bit of a stalemate and we didn't see much from the attacking players. 
So there's not really much to comment on there, but obviously City now and Man United are both the two teams where you're really thinking about captain in their player. Obviously, City have got West Brom United, have got Sheffield United. Um, watching that game, Bruno or KDB in terms of captaining this weekend, KDB at West Brom, obviously at West Brom at home, United away at Sheffield United. Obviously, we've seen Bruno's record away from home. Like, who are you thinking? Well, for me, it's going to be Bruno, um, as I don't have KDB. I think if I did have both, I um, I probably would be more inclined to do KDB personally. I think yeah. City at home is always a solid option against a team like West Brom. Um, despite Bruno's incredible away record, I think they're both great options. But for me, I would be going KDB if I had both. Any chance of Bruno being rested? Or is it literally... I feel like United lost to Leipzig. They've obviously drawn this game. It feels like they have to win. Um, or there'll be pressure on Oli, quite severe pressure on Oli. And obviously Sheffield United can't win a game to say, like, well, they're finding it impossible to win games at the moment. So I can't really see Bruno being benched for this one, but I feel like KDB will definitely play because obviously he didn't play the Champions League game before this game. So, does that come into your mindset at all? I don't think so. I think Bruno will play. I'm pretty sure um, he'll play. And I think... um, I don't think he's got less chance of playing than KDB does. I think uh, if if Bruno's got the chance of getting wrestled, I think KDB just has has just as much chance. Because I get what you're saying about the Champions League. But I think he played 90 minutes against United... And on Saturday, got a tough game against Southampton away. So I think um, it's got a chance as well. I think if Bruno's got a chance, he's got a chance. So I wouldn't consider that in terms of picking a captain personally. Okay. And then obviously, um, Mares missed a good chance in that game. Obviously, people who've kept Mares from, um, well, from two weeks ago when they brought him in against Fulham. Uh, would you say hold have hit? Obviously, is he a captain option against West Brom? So I've actually got Mara still. Um, I'm in a bit of a rut in terms of what to do with him. I think obviously I want to keep him if he's playing West Brom, but my worry is, is he going to play? I just don't know if he's going to start that game or not. He did come off in the 60th minute against United, which uh, he's got a good bit of rest from that, you'd hope. But I think you could easily see some pep rotation here with Foden coming in someone like that coming in. So it definitely worries me a little bit that he might not play. Yeah. I feel like Mahrez will play that game. I don't know. I feel like he will play that game because I think teams who sit deep sit suit Mahrez. And um, yeah, I think I think he'll play Mahrez, but keep an eye on that. And obviously City's defence, how the City's defence look? United's defence, we know they've got their problems here and there. Um, City's defence... If you've got a, if you've got a Diaz, are you happy? I guess that's the only one you're happy with, really, because there seems to be rotations every minute. I know you've got John Stones at four point eight, four point nine, or whatever he is at the moment. He's starting to get a couple more regular roles, but no one wants to keep John Stones, do they? No, I think John Stones definitely got a big risk above him. I know he started recently, but you never know how long that's going to last. I think um, in terms of City in general, I think in their next game against West Brom, you'd expect them to keep a clean sheet. So very short term, I think it's a good option to keep. Yeah. Um, I don't. the The game against United was the most nil nilist of nil nil. Was nothing happened, so it's almost a bit of an anomaly. I, I don't really know what to say about it. Um, but I think after that, City's fixtures get a little bit harder. 
Um, so maybe think about shipping them out after that, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the game missed fans. That game really missed fans. Um, so let's look at Everton. So Calvert-Lewin just... He just keeps doing the business, doesn't he? Another he got an assist there. He's just ticking over, and even in these difficult games, and Everton's form has been poor. He keeps ticking over. Um, obviously, they ended Chelsea's winning run one nil penalty from Sigurdsson. I felt Chelsea were a bit unlucky. I felt that was really only Everton's only chance. Um, so if I've got double Chelsea, which I do have at the moment, I've got Zuma and Chilwell at the back. I'm not worried about that at all, really. I think Chelsea still looked really solid, especially with Thiago Silva in there. Um, but I thought Richarlison played really well. And I'm just not getting on board with Havertz at the moment. And another one is Werner. Werner, I just, I thought I would think he would frustrate the hell out of me if I owned him. I know that he'll get some big returns here and there, but I just feel like I can't trust him. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree. I think at his price point, I don't think it's worth it currently. I think. Danny Ings is better not better option than him, in my opinion. Um, so I would probably avoid them. And I completely agree with Havertz. And I think City, uh, Chelsea obviously have a couple injuries at the moment, Pulisic and Ziyech. Although I hear Pulisic is back in training. So that might be one to watch. Um, I thought maybe another note from Everton's side, uh, on top of Cavett-Lewin ticking over, I thought we saw a very different side to him in this game. And it was quite impressive, I think. He was less of a poacher, which he's shown this season, and more of a hold-up player, that sort of thing. And I thought he played really, really well. So, um, definitely yeah. impressed with him. Yeah, well, he's definitely he's going to definitely be on the plane for England's Euro campaign. But, yeah, like I said, I thought Richarlison looked really good. Um, from the Chelsea side, guys, I would just say, if you've got those defenders, I wouldn't be too... Um, I wouldn't be put off at all. I think they still look really solid. And then, up front, if I'm a Werner owner... Like Greg said, I think I'd be looking at, at uh, Danny Ings. I think I think, I'd I think be one very very closely at Ings now. Sorry, Steve. I think one more uh, person I would mention is Reese James in terms of their defence. I thought he could have easily had a goal. He was really unlucky that um, that bounced out from inside the post, and yeah. he could have easily had an assist as well. He looked very dangerous with his crosses. So his attacking returns are there to be shown. Yeah, I think also if Drew plays more games. The likes of James, the likes of Chilwell with, those, with good delivery from the fullback area. I think you can really expect assists. So let's hope Drew kicks on playing because I think he, his aerial threat with those crossing from those two fullbacks is going to be some good points for us guys. So let's just keep let's just keep our fingers that old Gerudinho keeps on playing. Um, but yeah, all in all, Chelsea's still solid uh, and just keep keep hold, keep hold. So we've got Southampton, Sheffield United. Now, first thing to say is Sheffield United are absolutely awful. Um, the the only thing I could say is like at the moment, Chris Wilder reminds me of Deontay Wilder, like in that second fight where he's just getting absolutely battered. <laughs> just, like Tyson Fury is just absolutely battering him every week. Yeah, and that's the thing that then they just there's just nothing. They just can't seem to score a goal. And what's different from last year is they're leaking in goals, probably because they got rid of Henderson. Well, Henderson didn't come back, and they've replaced him with Ramsdale. And let's be honest, Ramsdale, like he's he's championship at best. Um, so anyway, looking from Saints side. Uh, I know Ings didn't score, but he got an assist and he's so involved. Adam's ticking over. Um, 
just really impressive, aren't they? Yeah, Southampton are looking so good at the moment. I think um, as a non-owner of a Southampton defender, it really hurts quite a lot because they seem to be very, very solid at keeping clean sheets. Yeah. I think um, early on, it looked a bit dangerous with their big defeat against Tottenham. People were a bit dodgy about their defence, but ever since, I think they've really kicked on and they look really solid. Kyle Walker-Peters looks like a great option. McCarthy in goal. I think uh, defence looks so solid. And um, along with that, you've got Walcott, who's playing very, very well. Um, and with Ings back now, the Ings and Adams partnership is back. And I think there's more goals to be scored by those two. Yeah, and I think I completely agree with the Southampton defence part. Um, I think if you've got a Leeds defender like we talked earlier, I'd be seriously considering doing Ailing or Dallas over over to Carl Walker-Peters if, if, you can st- if that's like, viable for you. Because, like you said, they're just ticking over. They've made some tactical adjustments since the Spurs game and they've been really solid. Um, So, yeah, Southampton look great. Defence looks great, guys. I can't see Arsenal scoring against them. The way Arsenal are going at the moment and Southampton's um, record, um, you'd expect them to keep a clean sheet. But obviously something to keep an eye on there. Um, Sheffield United, like I alluded to, Greg, um, obviously Bruno... Man United have got them on Thursday. It seems pretty bleak for them. Um, I would say I've seen less from them than I've seen from West Brom, which makes me really think that Bruno is a better captaincy option than KDB. Um, Just quickly saying about Sheffield United, is there any positives there? No, I don't think there is, personally. Uh, They haven't won a game this season and they've lost 11, so... Um, they're they're really really struggling to get any kind of result from any game so I think it really is looking poor for them and they need to get wins soon otherwise they're going to finish bottom yeah okay well let's move on to Palace Spurs now this is a weird one for me because Spurs are scoring so little goals like they're just trickling through goals but it's always Kane and Son assisting or scoring yeah so it still hurts you yeah but it still feels like the, the double up is too much because how little goals they're scoring. And they seem to have gone really defensive recently. Um, yeah. Very much counter-attacking, very deep. And um, Kane looks like he's playing CDM sometimes. I know he scored the goal from range, but I'm not really easy with them at the moment. So even though they keep ticking over, I'm happy with just owning Son. I don't think the I think the double up is too excessive because they're just not scoring enough goals. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100% agree. And I'm in the same boat. I've only got Son and I'm happy with just Son at the moment. I think having both is just too much at the moment. Although it still does hurt when they do score. Uh, I can see my overall rank drop on live FPL when I, whenever I um, see a goal going by them. But I think having both of them, it's a lot of money. And I don't think they're scoring enough goals to justify that. Yeah. Is it the funny thing is about Spurs is no one else really to talk about. No. Like except for those two. Like it's just like um there's no, it's kinda of like when I used to play like Sunday football and it was like we t- had two really good players and everyone, oh, did you see that skill uh, Nathan did or did you see that pass that James did? And then they'd just be like no one else talks about anyone else because all the other players were just basically shit. And just yeah. stood still and worked and uh, were just the engine for the team. Um, I think the only person I'd maybe mention is uh, Regulon. Um, he's been keeping clean sheets recently. Uh, he's not really, he's offering a lot less attacking threat than I thought he would. 
But I just think that's because of the style Mourinho plays. Yeah. Um, so when people got him in, I think people were thinking, oh, I'm going to get some attacking for it. I don't think that's going to happen, guys, because he's playing too deep. Yeah. So that's when you look at the likes of Reese James, compare him. Reese James, for me, wins every time because he's got the same defensive p- potential, but his attacking potential is well above re- uh, Regulon. So another person, Greg, who's really been catching FPL manager's eyes is Eze at Palace. Now, what, what do you make of him? He's obviously had a really good uh, run of form now for the last couple of weeks. He looked really good, obviously, with uh, Palace putting five past you know, West Brom last last week. What do you think of Eze? I thought he played really well against Spurs. I thought he looked um, arguably the most dangerous Crystal Palace player in that game. Um, and he was on free kicks. He was um, he was just very uh, instrumental to all that play. And he got the assist, I, I know. So uh, I think he's definitely one to look on the radar. I think um, most people would probably go to Saha, wouldn't they, if they were choosing a Palace player. But I think um, for me... Personally, it's a on the radar sort of thing. I wouldn't put him in just yet, but I'm definitely got my eye on him. Is he a viable option to go from Zaha? Is he like, is he there to be able to go? I have Zaha, but I want the money, so I'm going to go down, and I'll kind of like still get the same kind of value. Or is Zaha still quite quite a way ahead of quite a way ahead of him? I think for me, Zaha's still quite a way ahead. I think Zaha's such a figurehead in that team. I think uh, most of the goals are going to come through him me personally okay all right then we've got the Fulham Liverpool game now like I alluded to Mane's really up in the last couple of weeks he's just like you just like you're in a relationship with this girl and she just she's constantly making mistakes and you're like oh give me another chance I'll be better I'll be better and I've got it now Sadio saying Steve I'll be better mate I'll get I'll take more shots I'll, I'll do more crosses I'm like Sadio come on mate it's been two games and you're like yeah but come on I'll be better I'll be better he's gone I raged it. I raged it after that game. And I said, do you know what, Sadio? You fucking let me down there, mate. And it's over between us. Um, so, Sadio, he's been kicked to the old curb and KDB's been brought in. Um, so, I'll give you that little world exclusive. FPL Steve has brought out Mane and signed KDB for 11.8 million. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, in, I'm not impressed with him. I wasn't really impressed with Liverpool. Um they, and I thought Fulham were the better side. And I think what it's showing is Fulham aren't the whipping boys that we all think they are. They only lost 2-0 to City the week before. No, I 100% agree. I think they're starting to look a lot better. You're seeing an upturn in their form. They have some <laughs> they have some tricky players. Uh, look, man, um, actually looks really quite quality. Up in attack, uh, good at dribbling. He looks very lively. Same with Cavaliero. He looks very lively. He looks like he can cause a lot of problems. And I saw on Twitter today, he's actually got a really good... Um, range of stats so he's looking like he could definitely be scoring more goals and assists in the future so you could almost start thinking about for the option if they keep on some sort of form um yeah. I, do, I do think they have some dangerous players in their attack um quick note i think that cordova real was an absolute worldly finish so uh, i probably wouldn't be considering it as an fpl option but yeah i thought i'd mention that well reed he deserves a mention to be fair to him i'm not even going to bother trying to say his old name but uh, <laughs> The thing, the thing about Fulham, like I said, they, like they're, they're kind of like that. Whip, they're like the whipping boys. We all think they are, but they're not. So it's kind of like I don't know. There was a boy I used to go to school with, and I remember, like, unfortunately, he was the kid that a lot of people bullied. Um, 
And I remember one day, like in in gym, like we were in the uh, the dressing room, and everyone was picking on him, and they're like, "There's pants in, there's pants in." But if anyone doesn't know what pants mean, it's to pull your shorts down. It was a thing. And uh, anyway, what's happened is like Fulham, they've picked on the like the weak one. They thought, "Oh, we'll pull his pants down. It'll be fucking hilarious." Pull his pants down. He's got an absolute whopper between his legs, and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" And that's a bit like Fulham at the moment. So Fulham <laughs> like, like that. Fulham is like that kid with the whopper. You think uh, he's weak, he ain't gonna be able to hand it, and he put his pants down. You're like, fucking hell, fair enough. You got to go. <laughs> you got to go the read between your legs, mate. So, uh, um, yeah, don't be fooled by the whipping boy of Fulham. Uh, Liverpool, it's just Salah, isn't it? Really, if you're gonna have an attacker, it's just Salah. Obviously, Jota's out for four to six weeks. Yeah, I think Salah's the main one. I think. Um... Definitely penalties are a big help for him. And I think if you're going to have a Liverpool attacker, I think you've got to have him personally. I think Joel was the only viable other option. But now that he's injured, I think it's just Salah. Quick question. Um, Salah, obviously people want Bruno. Yeah. Uh, people want Son. If it's Salah or KDB, who are you going for right now? Salah. I'd still go Salah. I think um, I think you're playing a dangerous game if you don't have Salah in your fantasy team. For me personally, yeah, yeah, one of those players just must haves. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I'm actually I've actually gone against that. I've brought in KD. I've gone off Mane and gone to KDB. Um, just because I think City's next two fixtures are much better. So they got obviously they got West Brom, and then City. I've got Southampton. And then if you look at Liverpool, they're away at Palace and they've also got Spurs. Yeah. So I think Spurs are going to obviously play very deep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one to keep an eye out there. But I just think KDB for the next two game weeks is probably a better option to keep. So that's why I've brought him in. All right, let's move on to Arsenal-Burnley now. I never thought I would see a more defensive coach than Sean Dyche, but I've seen one, and his name is Mikko Arteta. And uh, basically, people were going, oh, he's the new Pep, he's the new Pep. If I was Pep and I saw I was getting compared to Arteta watching that football, I'd be fucking livid. Like, because, like, there's nothing alike. There's nothing alike. The style is completely different. It's so defensive. It's just changing the players constantly. I know it's a poor team, but like, people were talking about this guy like he was the new Messiah when he won the FA Cup. And let's be honest, he, he won two games, parking the bus and then done on the counter-attack. So it don't work in the league. When you play the lower teams, you've got to attack and there's no strategy there for attacking. And it's it's pretty embarrassing, really. And if I'm an Arsenal fan, I definitely want rid. I can't be losing to Burnley at home. I can't be losing... I think, is that four games at home in a row they've lost? Where... Let me just look. So they've lost to Spurs. They've lost to um, Burnley. They've lost to Spurs. And who did they lose to before that? They lost to Wolves. Drew 0 nil with Leeds. They lost 3 0 to Villa before that as well. That was a hope. the last time they won a game. Game week seven. And what's fucking hilarious is it's against Man United. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, looking back at that as a United fan, it's quite. It's quite embarrassing, really, the fact we lost that. And the only reason we lost is because Pogba gave away that sloppy penalty because Arsenal can't score goals. They just can't. Um, So, 
I think our big takeaway, isn't it? If any, if you've got any defensive player playing against Arsenal and you're doubting playing them, play them because Arsenal are not. Arsenal aren't Arsenal. Arsenal were basically Burnley in red t-shirts. Yeah. Well, I know Burnley were maroon, but it's like the same, really. So don't fear them, guys. Just play your defenders against them. I think I think the issue at Arsenal is quite deep. I think I hundred percent agree. Arteta's playing real defensive football, and it's not working. It's clearly not working. They're not scoring any goals. And I think, in reality, he has to go. I mean, you can't play this poorly uh, as Arsenal and keep your job. But I think the players, there's just not much you can do with those. They're all rubbish, in my opinion. They're not. I know what you're saying, but they're not. They're not 16th quality players. I don't think no. they're much better than that. I don't. I don't think that team. Oh come on! No, nah, they're if like compare, if we compare outside of Aubameyang. Arsenal to Southampton like would Xhaka and Elneny get into any team in the league except except for the bottom five probably better than McTominay (laughs) (laughs) they're not well I I know what you're saying but like you got Pepe 70 million odd you got um, Aubameyang on 350 bags a week you've got Ozil sit in the stands on 300 bags a week. You've got Lacazette. You've got, um, who else? They've got Tierney. They've got Gabriel. They've got Thomas Partey. Like, Leno. They've got some decent players. Bellerin. Like, they're better than, like, the likes of, like, Palace and Brighton and Newcastle and people like that. But they're they're losing to these teams. They're not even, they don't even look like they're going to score a goal against these teams. So, I know what you're saying, but I think, like, I would accept that if they were like eighth or ninth, I think, or tenth, but not sixteenth. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think Arteta is clearly not doing well, but it's it is an awful team he's playing with. I think Bellerin is an awful player. He's genuinely terrible. He doesn't know how to take a throw in. He's had five foul throws this year. He, he honestly he has no idea how to take a throw in. Because he don't want the ball to feet, he just wants to launch it to the other team and let them have it. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, like I said, Burnley, fair play. If you got Taylor, they're still defensively sound at home. Um, but obviously, against the bigger teams, they let goals in. Where they got walloped by City. But I think obviously Nick Pope being fit's key for them. But it's hard to really judge a team when they're playing against the Arsenal attack at the moment because they're really poor. I think one more note about Arsenal. I said this a bit earlier in this podcast, but I don't know where their next win's going to come from. They've got Southampton and then Everton and then Chelsea and then Brighton. Uh, I can't see them winning any of those four games. Yeah, I could see maybe the Brighton one, but I don't know about the rest. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. They need to score some goals. Yeah. They're definitely going to let some goals in against Southampton, so they need to score. Um, yeah. And then we move on to Leicester now. Madison looked really good in this game. Vardy obviously got the goal and two assists. He looked great. Yeah. Um, I feel like Brighton are very culpable to teams who have got fast strikers and that obviously proved its case here. Um, what do you think, Madison? He's starting to come into a bit of form. Obviously, he was a great option last year. Have you got, his, you got your eye on him? Yeah, he's on my radar, but I think for now, um, not really thinking about him. I think... Uh, it's one where you watch and see what happens because it's still early days in terms of him coming back. And I think around his price point, you've already got the likes of Zaha and Grealish. So, yeah, I think he's a potential one to watch. And maybe if you've got one of those players to move on to him, if he just like really starts um, lighting it up. 
Um, because Leicester will probably score more goals than Villa. Yeah. So you would think he'd be involved more. But that's something to keep an eye on for sure, especially around that price range. Um, obviously, Brighton, they were without Lamptey. It doesn't look like that's long term. No. Um, I think the thing about Brighton is defensively, they're not offering a lot, are they? So you need Lamptey to do some attacking returns because he's just not, they're just not offering a lot defensively. Yeah, I think that's the thing with Lamptey. I don't think he's in the most solid of defences. Uh, they're not keeping many clean sheets. I think um, he's very on and off, Lamptey. I think whenever I see him play, he looks great. But in terms of an FPL option, he, he, um, if he don't get that attack and return, he usually doesn't get many points. And I think um, he's one of those where it's almost always waiting for potential returns rather than actual returns that he's re- he's giving you. So I think he's an interesting one. But in terms of his injury, I did hear apparently it was precautionary, so you'd hope he's back midweek, but I guess it's one to see. Yeah. And then, so, looking forward, we've both got Jamie Vardy. Um, they've obviously got Everton next, who you'd fancy him to do well against. And then they're away at Spurs, home against Man United, away against Palace. Are you looking at moving him on between that run? Yeah, he's one on my radar to keep a watch of. I'm not getting rid of him this week, um, but I want to see how it goes. And with his price, I think that's the main thing. I think he's quite an expensive player, so you want to make sure um, he's doing the business for you. So I think uh, in that case, it'd be one to keep a close eye on. Yeah, I've got my eyes on Danny Ings, big one. Um, Same. Keeping an eye on him. But there's also... One man called Sergio Aguero, who is also making me just... I'm just looking over my shoulders, just seeing if I can see him. I can't see him yet. He's idling around the corner, but if he peeps his head round, I might just give him a little wink and say, do you know what, Sergio? I reckon that knee's up to it now. (laughs) I think Aguero is the one thing you got to watch out for is his injuries. It seems like he's really struggling with him at the moment. He He can't really shake it off. I think it was an illness this week. But um, I think he's really struggling to find fitness. I feel like Aguero is going to play against West Brom, but I haven't got the bollocks to put him in. No, I think it's a dangerous game, to be honest. Yeah. Right, so looking moving forward. So like I've said, this week I've brought in KDB for Mane. Um, I basically just, I just fucking lo- completely lost it with Mane. He was doing my head in. Um, so that's the, my move now. So I'm going to be lining up with Martinez and goal home to Burnley, Chilwell, Zuma, Ailing. hopefully he can do something against Newcastle at home. Then I've got Bruno Fernandes, captain, away at Sheffield United. Just pipped uh, De Bruyne, who's against West Brom. But Grealish, Son, Calvert-Lewin, Bamford, Vardy. Now I'm looking pretty solid this week, so I'm hoping for a good week. So what about you, Greg? What have you got planned for this week? So I've currently got Martinez, Lamptey, Chilwell, Kufau, Son, Salah, Mares, Fernandez, captain, Bamford, Vardy, and Calvert Lewin. Um, I've got Taylor on the bench as my first sub if I need to use him. Uh, so I've currently got two free transfers. I'm really kind of struggling in terms of where to use these transfers because I don't really want to waste one. I kind of want to make one this week. Um, I'm tempted to maybe switch out one of the defenders to Carl Walker Peters. Uh, yeah, maybe- good idea. Maybe Taylor or Lampy. But um, I think that's one I'm going to have a, uh, have a think about. But it is a bit more of a steep. I, I've got 0.4 in the bank and it would require 0.3 or 0.4 to be able to do that. So 
I don't know if it's worth it or not. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They look solid, don't they? I think... Um, it seems like Southampton are hurt. Uh, one of those teams what's constantly hurting us. Yeah, that's the thing. It's almost just to stop that from happening each week rather than yeah. uh, wanting to be different or anything. It's more to just stop the rot in terms of Southampton causing a rank drop every week. Yeah, like how long do you allow someone to keep punching you in the face? Yeah, exactly. Like, you gotta, if you can't beat them, join them, start punching yourself in the face. Yeah, you could do that if you want, or maybe punch them, I don't know. <laughs> Surely if they're punching you, don't go, guys, let me have a go, I'll punch them. <laughs> Both eyes are just completely fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the new Monday format. It's a bit of our Monday madness, FPL reaction. This is what we're going to be doing from now on. Um, it's been really fun. Just letting us let rip into the games, letting rip into the players who have hurt us. Congratulate the ones who have done really well. Um, hope you enjoy the new format. Obviously, leave us some feedback, guys, if you have enjoyed it. And uh, get sharing, get subscribing. And thank you very much. So, cheers, Greg. Uh, I'll see you next Monday and we'll have a lot to talk about, mate. Two game weeks to get through. Yeah, thank you, mate. Um, hopefully, it's 8 6 by then. I think it's 6 6 at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would be 8-6. Yeah, I see what you've done there. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. And then I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.